1: Okay, well, Chris Whitty was particularly depressed this week.
0: He really was, isn't and he? so he 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 gave us fuel and fire for this week's yeah. podcast. Um, this where is all about discuss- highs and
1: lows, isn't it? Mm. This crisis. Mm. We had a high last week.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, it, you know, it's week five of lockdown, isn't it? And the last time we spoke very specifically about mm. the kids was in week one of lockdown. So, so we've had a lot to chew over, haven't mm. we?
1: So we're going to be talking about really the acute potential problems for our teens and their mental health as we try and help them and they try and help themselves get through this constant sort of toing and froing with worst case scenario best case scenario new normal no normal what's normal abnormal so that's what we're going to be talking about aha here we are in our little hidey hole it's still strange isn't it thinking that we're five weeks in and we're still having to record this remotely
0: I know. Not
1: with our producer.
0: We miss you.
1: We miss you. We miss Chris. (laughs) We miss Chris.
0: You know what we miss? I miss going through the turnstile and having a coffee and I miss people. I miss people so, so much. And, you know, we're long in the tooth. So, obviously, this podcast is all about being a parent. And um, in week one, we did talk about week one of lockdown. We talked very specifically about our fears, didn't we? And Mm our worries and our shock and everything else uh, in relation very much directly to our teens. But now we're in week five of lockdown.
1: So we've done four weeks. We're two or three days into week five. Five. You're right. And I think we've talked... I think we've tried to be—we've tried to cover all bases. Really, we've talked about it from the teens' perspective at the very beginning and how we mm-hmm. function as parents. We've then talked about as parents our worst fears, mm. and we've then also even tried to look into last week the positives and the positive—you know—possible silver linings within this crisis or or experiences that we can be ha- can be had with our teens um, and between ourselves as parents that are potentially positive and um, you know and a good thing. Um, and now there's just, it, it always strikes me as a, cur- a good analogy, is the one they t- used to describe when you're running anything like a marathon, and I've run a few marathons, as have you, where they talk about, you know, the first third of it is all about the newness of it, the novelty yeah. of it, the kind of you're, you're taken on the sort of, what's it, what is it, the sort of adrenaline and, mm. oh, yeah. And then the middle, the middle part of a marathon is all about the real physicality and the slog and how you cut out for it and your stamina. And then the final part, which we no idea when w- it's coming. Which we have no idea when it's coming and you hit the wall is all about, well, you're 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 pulling upon empty reserves and you're, you're trying to find reservoirs of energy and thought and, mm. and physicality that you t- didn't even know were, were there. Mm. And it's a weird one, this coronavirus, because I feel all of those three stages virtually every day.
0: Yes, I think I do. Sometimes I can feel all of them in one yeah. minute.
1: It's not like we're now at the stage <laughs> of the final part of a marathon every single day. And... One can fast rapidly follow the other, so mm. I can be like that person who's got wobbly limbs trying to cross the finishing line with cramp everywhere, looking absolutely bizarre, and mm. then I can suddenly feel euphoric
0: and and so energized yeah, so energized totally. I mean I had a completely energized day yesterday. I could have carried on and on and on, and it, you know what I liken it to um we've both lost people very close to us, you know. And I liken it very much to grief. I, I mean, I remember for months after I, um, after someone very close to me died. Just having this like incredible reserves of energy that would come from nowhere and be flawed, Mm. totally flawed. Do you feel that? Do you feel it's a bit like that?
1: I I feel like, like well, unfortunately, I keep feeling like it's, it it feels like one of the key symptoms to having coronavirus, which is sudden, extraordinary Mm. exhaustion.
0: Well, that's because it's because of flipping from that high adrenaline cortisol rush, isn't it? Well, I think it's not even, utterly depleted.
1: Yeah, you're right. And I think it's not even about flipping from that. I think we're all underestimating the extent to which our bodies have gone into flee or famine mode i think we're i think we are the neanderthal man charging across the savannah away from a, a saber-toothed tiger yeah. i think that's what we're in that yeah. state all the time even when we're sleeping there's yeah. a sense that i've got and i do liken it to feeling like i'm i don't mean head we're head as parents it's not a sort of gender thing but feeling like i'm a male in a family and outside the front door is a hostile war. world.
0: It's war.
1: Yeah, a hostile world of yeah. danger, um, which requires incredible cleverness and thought mm. and attention to detail, uh, in the way that you would have to if you went out to just go and get berries and nuts and didn't want to be eaten by a bloody pterodactyl, mm. though I do know, listeners, that dinosaurs weren't around when humans were. So, um, <laughs>
0: But do you... Yeah. Yeah, I think... Do you still get this thing? Do you still get this thing where you go... Where you can be like in a happy moment, in a productive moment, Mm. and then you just the word coronavirus comes into your head, Mm. just like really clear, like a, like a neon sign flashing. This is what happens to me. And then I think, is it real? Is it really happening? And then I go, yes, it is. And I'm still having that. I am still in shock. I would go as far to say I'm still in shock. Of course I know it's all happening. We're plugged into the news. But but just somewhere on a human level, I still haven't fully taken this in. Yeah,
1: but even the news flow and even the news coverage, in a weird way, serves to... It's really odd, this one. On the one hand, it kind of amplifies the fear and the worry and the concern. It can stress us out. It can really, really play havoc with any sort of, you know, level-headedness. At the same time, the way it's playing out in the news, it's like all the news-gathering outlets are playing it like a movie. So it has huge fictional qualities to it. It has a sort of, you know, you know you're seeing the viral images. You're seeing the images of awful wards. You're seeing diagnoses that are, are sort of imponderable and impossible. You're seeing briefings with all these senior heads of state standing there like a movie. So in a weird way, the very nature of it is to be believed and not believed. It's a, yeah. It's it's an yeah. old it's an odd well, reality. they're
0: giving us stuff and then taking it away, and giving us stuff and then yeah. taking it away, so that so we can get this like halting, you know, this come out of the shock in this sort of a halting, mm. juddering well, I, way. Yeah. Because of course, a nation would have collapsed if yeah. they told us everything that we are now finding out bit by bit, and that's what we will get to regarding our teenagers. Well,
1: yeah, but in a weird way, I, I think, would first
0: I, of all, I, as adults, us knowing that and being given it scrap by
1: scrap by scrap. Well, I would go further than that. I, I think the way the government has been trying to manage this situation, or the governments around the planet have been trying to manage this whole situational crisis, is a little bit analogous with the mistakes that we're making as parents, and the successes we're making as parents. I think what governments around the world have become is kind kind of like societal parents. Yeah, and their definitely. nations are looking to them for guidance, for, guidance. for advice, yeah. for comfort, mm. for any crumbs of sustenance and reassurance, etc. Exactly, and we're kind of doing this chat today off the back of what I would describe as a very down day, uh, a news flow in which it felt like the suggestion for the last couple of days has been this is all going to go on for much longer. Now, of course, no care. Well, parent- no,
0: but for, before that, for a couple of days before last yesterday, we were being given. There's this incredible hope of this vaccine. Yeah, that's my point. Oxford University, you know, Dominic Raab came out and said, I've given 40 million or whatever it was, you know, and, and really got people's hopes up. Yeah, but that's but my point.
1: I think, I, but that's my point. I think what they're trying to do is they, they're using the, is it the carrot and the stick? I think mm. they're trying to kind of lure us one way. Oh yeah. Mm. They're having to manage do our think emotions. They sit down and, dis-
0: and yes. discuss this psychologically. I think there's, do quite,
1: you? I, I think they have social behaviorists. And when they're talking about the scientific advice, There's a misnomer with scientific advice. We were talking about this yesterday. A, there are countless different approaches to science. You don't ever get agreement between two sets of scientists. Following the
0: scientists, yeah, well, all the scientists disagree. Yeah,
1: but also, (laughs) just because all the scientists disagree doesn't mean they are all wrong, but it equally doesn't necessarily mean they're they're all right. right. Science, like religion, is a myriad of different attitudes. So there's that. I also know that within science, there are different types of science. There are social scientists. Social sciences is a massive subject that lots of kids studying their A-levels at the moment will be going to university to study. I was at college with loads of them and social scientists study the science of sociality, socialism, you know, the social fabric of life. So they will have people in there saying, look, if the news flow is too negative, we'll have an absolute disaster on our hands a mental health crisis. If we can drop in moments of positive hope and a real sense of structure and thought. Now, in many different ways, that can worry us more or less, because if they're not giving us any hope today, you're thinking that there's literally no hope to give us. But look at the news flow across days. This is something I would say to, I have to say it to myself, is don't just look at the news on any one day with this crisis. Look at the news flow across that week. Because I think in that week, you will see highs and lows in the way in which they're managing how that comes out to us. Mm. But I do think, like you were indicating, talking about being parents of teenagers, I think we've hit the wall in parenting. I think we've hit a wall of sorts. Even though we're hitting many walls every day, I feel personally like I've hit a wall with how much I can keep reassuring the girls mm. and how many routes out of this I can guarantee mm. them.
0: I've gone through a whole range of emotions this week. I've had a lot of anger. I've had a lot of sort of maternal rage. Yeah. I think that, yes, sometimes it's irrational because what can the government do? What can the world do? This is just, we've all been thrown into this. I've had a lot of rage to the Chinese government. I've mm. had a lot of feelings of blame. I've had lots of feelings of frustration and never for myself. I can do lockdown. I'm not bu- yeah, no, no, for the yeah, kids. Yeah. And, you know, Maddie is a very sensitive girl you know, she's a poet. She's um, musician. she's, musician. Yeah, she's a musician. She thinks very deeply. As If you're a regular listener to our podcasts, you'll remember that a couple of months ago when we did the podcast on friendship. My God. She gave a 20-minute soliloquy to what her oh, friends meant and how she would lay down and die without her friends and mm. how without her friends, not that I don't love you, Mum and Dad, but without my friends, my life is nothing. Mm. And... um. She's been so good. She's not been moaning, but she's deeply, deeply sad. Well, and, and I find that. And so I do give her the crumbs of good news. And then I feel bad afterwards because the news is a load of fucking shit. And they change their mind the next day. I actually, I was, to be honest, I was really pissed off with Witty yesterday. Obviously, he's overtired. He was, his birthday, it was his birthday the day before. It was his birthday the day before. You know, as somebody said to us yesterday, People are desperate for him to pull away from the science and start talking about exit plans and all of that. But he can only stick with the science because he's a scientist and that's what he's supposed to do. And he's basically said, obviously I'm paraphrasing, don't be a load of idiots. Lockdown could well Well, well be here until 21. Now, that's all very well for adults to hear. hmm. But children pick this up. They might go to their room, not talk to you about it. Not talk to anyone, about it, they'll talk to their friends. Friends will whip each other up on Snapchat, on Zoom, and mm. and then that that information gets whittled down to we're definitely all going to be locked up for two, for two years, and we're not going to get to talk to each see each other.
1: But an interesting parallel I'd use, and I'm, I'm thinking of your mum, who your mum was a Blitz baby, wasn't she? She survived World War II. Um, she was a child in World War II, and you know, I've often wondered, you know, if this was a war. And bombs were dropping, and you know air raid shelters were open, and the sirens were going, and we were having blackout at night. Would we not tell our children the full scale of what was going on for fear of them being scared? But then, in them finding out bombs. and hearing it, there is huge fear, an unquantifiable fear. Not even couched within the sort of protection of how a parent puts it across, of them just finding out for themselves. And I think in this in this technological, multimedia age, let's let's not beat around the bush. We can talk about social media in a generic, and everyone bloody goes on about the pros and cons. And, and this generation is a Snapchat generation. This this is what this generation is: it's Snapchat and it's Instagram. That's it. That's the main thing. We're not, you know, the Facebook generation is is his age, twenty, mid twenties, and, and older. We're looking at a snap generation. There is no way those kids, any of our kids, are going to disentangle themselves from a very now, a very crucial way of staying in touch with each other. So however much we sugarcoat manage uh, even even sort of dictate the terms of the news flow to them and mm. as going back to what my advice was earlier is yeah as a rational adult you can go yeah well what i'll do is i'll sift through the news of the week and i'll decide what's sort of valid and what isn't because it's 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 shifting on a 24-hour basis one thing's true then i mean they can't make their minds up on masks so every day it's you know it's flip-flopping isn't it from one assessment to another assessment But your kids are just being... I saw Maddie was showing me something on Snapchat and I saw something flick up straight after it about something to do with coronavirus. And, you know, however much we try and manage it, they're going to be across what's going on. So, you know, my...
0: just imagine what they're all saying, what they were all saying last night and today, when, when Whitty has said prepare to be in lockdown till 21 we may be you know, in lockdown we may be we may be in okay so that's the point we may be in lockdown kids and their and and kids love to have drama don't they yeah. as well so they will be
1: well this is a that's a good fear, point that you make there the that, that's a really good point you
0: see in her face sometimes when she comes to me she says oh mom mom they're saying this mom what and i look at her and i think jesus christ and i want to make it better and i want to say something that will
1: Sorry. but you just People,
0: ma- i just want to say something in that minute that will soothe her so i will say stuff and i don't even know if it's bloody true but i just i just think it's i mean listen are we just going to say to them listen right you're at we're at fucking war okay kids we're at war okay and yeah you're not going out for two years are we, are we just i mean are, to keep putting it in front of them and then taking it away and putting it in front of them and taking as adults we're finding that really hard to deal with hmm. you know if it's should they should they be just keeping that to themselves at this point hmm. or would we all rage at them for saying that i don't know from a parents point of view i don't want that said on the podium I, think, I don't
1: i think there's a really important question to be asked when and if we come out of this crisis i mean we will come out of it in terms of the intensity that we're in it at, if you like, at the moment. But yes, there is talk. And I can see how we may live a life where coronavirus is there, like flu is there, is something that we have to be mindful of all the time. I do think we need to look at the way in which news... Because the government are actually giving out very simple information, and most of the news flow and is, is all about speculation. Most of what we're hearing is about journalists digging, digging, digging as is their job in many regards, to find the truth, to find where the inadequacies are, to find where the insufficiencies are, to find out whether there are better ways to do it. So, you know, it's a really hard balancing act to sort of d- divide between the two. But your point just then that you made, which I before you, you got upset, it's a re- this is where the problem sits for teenagers and for being the parent of a teenager. And I think this is really, really important to stress. Part of the teenage psyche and part of being a teenager is about everything revolving around you, and that is something we should forgive all teenagers. We did it. To write a message. You did it exactly. It's an absolute given that that's what being it now. As adults, we can all get very tired of it. We can all have a moan about it. A bit like it can we be all.
0: Really boring sometimes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it can be really boring sometimes. But in the same way that a bloke going through a midlife crisis is, is you know, you can caricature it and just deal with it, or a woman going through a menopause, we can caricature and deal with it. It's a part of what people go through. It's a hormonal shift. It's a necessary part of life but a major part of that is that most of the constituent elements of being a teenager when they analyze even the brain and the hormonal makeup of a teenager everything everything is sort of prefigured and constructed towards a naturally depressive state it is a point in your life where your emotional highs and lows are so extreme almost you could argue that being a teenager is to be bipolar often because there are such remarkable mood swings add to that the fact that as a teenager. There is a, you are drawn to drama. You were drawn to a sense of awfulness. It's why mm. teenagers love horror darkness. films. It's yeah, mm. darkness. You used to you used to talk about how you your room was black and you had the curtains drawn. You know, I was drawn to horror films at a really young age. We were drawn to darkness. We're drawn to the idea that this is all happening to me. To me, yeah. As soon as you think it's just happening to you, and then you remove a teenager's capacity to share that it's just happening to them with their tribe, oh, no. so it becomes their experience, which is where I think they're, they sustain themselves and survive and keep themselves going it gets really worrying and as we're hearing already at the moment there are more and more cases and we're, we're, we've sadly been on the on the sharp end of one of these through a friend of maddie's of kids disappearing kids suffering extraordinary love bouts of depression suicides are happening suicide attempts are happening and that's the point where i stop and i think oh my god hang on a minute. One of the other constituent elements of being a teenager is is that they don't tell you everything. And so we're suddenly now, I I feel like, we are entering a period of time where we have to be so on our toes.
0: Well, if if we scroll back to the beginning of this um, podcast where we were talking about the highs and lows that we have, you know, you're waking up with terrible anxiety Mm. every morning, you know, birds in your chest, you know, that you then have to work through. I wake up with this ache in my gut and this fear... Our children are waking up with us. Our children Mm. are seeing our highs and lows. Our children are seeing us watch the news. Our children are hearing our conversations. Everybody across the globe. Mm. So they how many of our kids are actually keeping to themselves mm. their deepest worries because actually they see that we're all worrying about our work and our, and money and our elderly and how many of them, not necessarily because you might not have a good relationship with your child. we have, I think we have very good relationship and a very good open relationship with our children. But they're also you know very kind children Mm. and thoughtful children so i'm pretty sure they're keeping some of their darkest stuff to themselves because they don't want to burden us Mm. or worry us so it's not always just about a moody uncommunicative teenager that is there to make all of our lives all of us parents a misery sometimes our kids you know across the globe are actually going you know what my mom and dad have got enough on their plate I'm just going to keep it to myself.
1: Yeah, it can sometimes be a selfless act of keeping it to themselves. Yeah. And that's where and the so, pressure comes in.
0: And I, and I think, you know, it's a huge worry. You know, we reached out on our Instagram actually yesterday asking um, asking people to... To come in with what they're worrying the most, and so many people are, are saying that, that that their big worries. We thought we worried before with how much time our teenager was spending in their room, but my God, they're a lot. Of, they're spending a lot of their time yeah. in their room, isolating from the family. Yeah. Um,
1: when you've read about these stories, these incidents, and with Maddie's friend and and with this tragic girl that's recently killed herself, what I mean has that. For me, that was like a clarion. It was like a smash in the face. It was like a, wow, oh, my God, this is...
0: I... I worry about, yeah, all teenagers, all young people are secretive by the very nature Mm. of being a young Mm. person. You're secretive. How often do we see, even before coronavirus, when we've seen the tragic you know, suicides, which there are many every year, many, increasing every year because of the high levels of anxiety and stress our young people face, how often do we see the parents say, I had no idea?
1: Hmm.
0: And I think everyone probably has a little thing ticking in the back of their head. Do you think? What if my, what if they say it's a year yeah. of lockdown? What if they say, because they're already saying, the kids, well, oh, I couldn't do the whole, what if it's the whole summer? What if it's the whole, it's unbelievable to them. Mm that they're going to be able
1: to cope and it's funny isn't it because each time i hear that when i hear them say that my there's a part of me a part of me gets really intolerant of it because part of me goes look this could be just a short amount of time in the scale in in, in the respect of your lives you know in, in terms of your life it's a, like no that. of course but i have to keep reminding myself of that i have to keep reminding myself of the thing about
0: when we try and say to kids listen if you don't exercise you'll have a heart disease when you're older well i can they
1: understand can't why imagine. they don't see that no, but they
0: can't but imagine it if you say they to them look you're going to spend
1: out. two or three weeks in lockdown it's like well that's not your life it might mean that a couple of events that's how i was thinking i don't but, feel like that now mm, but i'm saying but they
0: were fine with two or three but now when they're saying it could be it could be a couple of years mm, that's imagine when you were 17 do you think, old, it do could you think, be a couple of
1: years do you think on a level almost all parents of teenagers a little bit are on a bit of a suicide watch in this, in these circumstances, do you think all parents should be in? A, in a, not like literally everyone's child no, is, I, there, but one hand, How does I one think see I, the symptoms of this? How does I, one pick up on that?
0: Yeah, I think, I think a lot of people that I have spoken to are on some kind of a different alert mm, yes, than they I mean, ever yeah, were before. That's interesting. We are alerted, aren't we? We yeah. are. Yeah. We're alerted. I mean, I don't go a single day without the first thing I'm thinking of is like, right, how do, I, how do we keep the girls'
1: morale going?
0: Morale, exactly. That's the right word. Mm. Not even going, but just off the floor. How yes. do we just keep it off the floor?
1: Well, keep it off the floor, but also really important, and I think this is an important possible tip to parents out there who might be struggling, especially I, my heart goes out to single parents. It really does. My heart goes out to single parents and single child, uh, yeah. only children. The only child experiences are completely different. I mean, I hadn't even thought... You know, when you start to think of the variables, it's just like, oh, my God, how would we cope in that situation? But I think what's something else that's quite important, and I do do this, and I think it helps that I do this in normal life anyway, is to be able to have some kind of gallows humour about it. You know, sometimes humour, caricaturing, satirising, anything can be a really useful way of taking the heat and the threat out of something. Um, and, you know, I have found that on certain occasions, like, with you know, on our... We do, we do a Sunday show on our YouTube channel and where the girls, they've been bringing in memes and they share with us funny memes of the week or funny films or clips on social media of the week. It's lovely for us because it's a way for us to kind of drop in on what the, the kids are looking at. But also, so many of them are so cleverly lampooning coronavirus and... Uh, COVID-19 and there's a kind of sophistication in there and I think allowing your teens and allowing your kids to go to the dark place because again going back to what we were saying earlier you know teenagers like darkness teenagers like gallows humor they're drawn to something that's kind of not conventional you know and I think as parents we need to get a bit real with that we need to be a bit more inventive we need to think to ourselves okay well we've been not gifted but we've been thrown this curveball that's kind of questioning everything about our lives So why not, within the safety of our own homes, go there sometimes with our kids with humour, by lampooning it? Because I've noticed that sometimes it's it's important to let them have that almost, what's it called in the old, in the Tudor times, when they put leeches, Mm bloodletting. Sometimes to let blood is quite a kind of, it's a good relief. It's like, let's just let it all out. Oh, you know? Oh my God. Is this, yeah. is this as bad I did as that it? the
0: other day? I yeah. went, you know what, girls? This, this is, is shit. Shit. yeah, exactly. It's this great. is about as shit as a, I said. I am completely unprepared. <laughs> I am reeling. I am just not knowing what to do as a parent. I want to, when one part of me wants to take all my clothes off, all of us and just run I'd out like in the to street, dreaming. Do <laughs> yeah. I don't know what to do. I want to. Fill this house with your friends. I want to just, I want to just go. I just want to just, just, I just want to go crazy. But, but I think it's important that I say that to them. Mm. I feel it's, I mean, I gauge it, mm. but because I don't want to be that like, everything's fine, here we are, because kids pick up on that anyway.
1: Mm. I mean, it's, it's also difficult. The other difficult part of being a parent, the parenting contingent of all of this, is is hiding your own worries. So like for example over the last couple of days I've been aggravated with what must be a hay fevery cough. I feel a lot better today. But when you're feeling the worry, it's not actually, it's not been a worry about what if I get ill and I don't want to, you know, you've got that fear. But you're also thinking, I don't want this to happen in terms of the family. I don't want to feel like I'm potentially going to get ill. I don't want to get this because I don't want the family to go through this. That's not to say that anything necessarily awful would happen to me or you, you know, but we don't know with it. There's so much unknowabilities, Mm. to quote Donald Rumsfeld, with the known knowns and the unknown knowns. And we don't know anything really, but we know a little bit. And one of the things we do know is that if it does get you and you are ill, you're very ill. Yeah. And we don't want that. Yeah. And it's very hard sometimes when you're in a, when you're all together 24 seven, um, and you're coughing like I have been a bit, and you're sort of thinking, I'm literally, when I'm coughing, what's making the cough worse is I'm thinking, I don't want to cough because I don't want to worry anyone. I don't want mm. people thinking, even just a kernel of a thought for a child, is that all right? Well, don't worry, your cough is so loud everyone, everyone. Has well, no, exactly, but that's, that's the know, thing. But I do I go like to another part here. of the house.
0: I'd just like to flag up here, you haven't got away with that.
1: But can I just, I also wanted to flag up, before we look at some of the comments from people, is, is that um, something else I was thinking about, and you, you were talking about this the other day. I mean, in many regards, there's no choices around the social contingent and let's face it socializing is the most important part of being a teenager um and in these weird technological times even before the coronavirus uh, crisis um kids with social anxiety could still socialize on you know social media and i worry that a new comfort will be being found for numerous numerous kids that do suffer from social anxiety that are successfully maintaining friendships online and that when we start to come out of this, they'll really struggle with how to reacquaint themselves mm. with what it means to be. And I think Carlitos, your friend Lisa's mm. uh, son, talked about this on one of our previous Podcast, and it's really stuck with me that thought of a shyness will creep in a social. He adem- said
0: that again to me yesterday. Did he? Did he? Yeah, yeah. A, I was a social trying, ineptitude.
1: I, was I don't mean inept in they're I'm- stupid, but just not an ability not to do it.
0: Yeah, he said I'm really missing, him, but he says we're all really missing each other, and we see each other on Zoom and stuff. But I don't know how awkward we're going to yeah. be. I thought that was so and
1: our friend sweet. Rachel said the same thing. She said, "Yes, it's good that social media is there, but she said it's a it it can't replace no. the human no. interactivity." But I think for a, there's a whole wealth of kids with. social social anxiety for whom it's totally replacing it so they're having right. a they're having a little kind of a, what I would call in recovery terms a pink cloud moment now where it's kind yeah. of like, oh this is great I don't have to feel the anxiety of not going to places or being invited yeah. to places yeah. I'm plugged in and then a lot when, of them
0: were on a high with that yeah at the beginning. yeah
1: absolutely and I, d- I do get slightly concerned that as we come out you know for every negative there's a potential positive and then as we come out of this normal into a new normal that won't be the normal of our normal lives I think I've said it before, and I can't remember if we said it in one of these chats. I really worry. Yes, we have an intense mental health alert system mm. that needs to be in place for our teenagers and us parents. Now, let's not forget, we are human beings going through this too. Mm. You know, we can, it's not like we're some sort of omnipresent, godlike figure that's unaffected by everything and therefore can just stand well, there as a kind we, of,
0: yeah.
1: you know what I mean? We're, we're shit scared. We're fucking ass, you know, shit And they pick ourselves. up on that. Yes, of course they do. Um, so that yeah so you know in terms of us trying to negotiate our way through this for our teenagers I do worry that actually much further down the way we all need to not think oh the crisis is now the mental mm. health crisis with our teens is now all oh, the all the bad behavior and worst activities are now it's mm. going to be when we come to the new normal there's going to be a residual kind of oh shit is this what we've got back to is this is this the exit is this lockdown over
0: We are worrying about that for ourselves and we're not worrying about the fact that our kids are worrying about that.
1: Well, they'll be thinking about that. They'll be thinking about, what do you mean I can't hug my friends again? Yeah, yeah. great. They can come, maybe come to the garden. We can all sit near each other. But kids, they puppy fight. They Josh, boys want to, girls want to play sports. What? What is the new normal going to be?
0: Yeah. A lot of people that have messaged us have said that and we've had quite a few from teenagers actually saying that they're overwhelmed with the amount of work they're being given
1: really? by the school. Yeah.
0: Really? Really? extremely oh, stressed. Going. Parents are very, very stressed about having to teach their children work they don't understand, that they don't understand. And then children are overwhelmed with the, just the volume of work they're being given. It's, I. I feel I feel very strongly about this that we're making a huge mistake with our kids' mental health. Try and describe this. my face. His face is contorted into shapes, all shape, all kinds of shapes of horror.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Um, okay, so this kind of forcing your kids and the parents of children into thinking that they're not achieving the best for Johnny or whoever their you know the name of their kids is, you know, this for me at this point. Is a little bit akin to the uh, quartet still playing music as the Titanic goes Yeah, back. it feels. Oh, a, that's
0: a brilliant it's analogy. It's such a
1: pointless at this moment. Oh God! Scoop your kids up and say, do you know what? These come once a generation, slightly longer actually for our it? generation. You scoop them up and you know what you say? Do you know what you actually say? Fuck your GCSEs, fuck your A levels, fuck your syllabuses, fuck it all. That's what you... You even use the oh, F word. you can't say you that. You can say that. Of because all the people t- are working towards si- that. least you're working towards it, but you don't need to kill yourself. You don't need to kill yourself as a parent worrying about everything. You are not a trained teacher. You need to cradle your child, and you need to find much lower key... The, the whole system and the whole of society will have to accommodate this strange eruption of a crisis. <laughs> Everything will go on pause. Everything will have to tolerate the idea that there's a lag coming out of this. Mm. Everything will have to acknowledge that that generation, say, had to be given an extra years of learning or had to, had to slow up or had to postpone. Everything in the modern world will have to be postponed delayed and pushed back. The wheels can't keep turning. If we keep the wheels turning according to the old timetable and the old schedule we will get so stressed. We'll get even more stressed as we hit September.
0: And how how well can children learn with that level of
1: stress? Of course, when I'm, I'm using such I get so cross about this, not just for the kids, but for parents too that will have spent a lot of money in private schools or spent a lot of time and a lot of worry and a lot of fear getting their kids into state schools. And, you know, I worry that you're going to be punishing yourself, creating a learning scenario in the end at home that is not at all conducive to anyone learning anything. Your kids are going to be getting... So I think the whole system at some point, has to stop, take, reflect, reflect on itself. And, you know, universities, everything, work work placements, all of those, I, I understand all of those deadlines and commitments that have a chain reaction. There is a chain reaction in life and the economy and education. There will have to be, a, like there was during World War II, everything went on pause, I think, two years in, for four years in the UK. And there will be a way in which, and there will have to be a way in which that we all look at the sort of history of time and we go, ah, that was when that bubble happened. That bubble happened and we had to put in a little bit of, like in a car, a suspension system to accommodate it, either side. So that's all I feel about it. I just worry that there are parents out there killing themselves, metaphorically, mm. uh, trying to make sure that their kids are doing A, B, C, D, E. There are teachers who are going to be guilt-tripped into delivering classes when their own health situations well, we need are, to be considered.
0: We, we talk quite a lot to friends of ours that are teachers, don't yeah. we? And, I? and they are under. So if you're a parent, you won't actually know how many teachers are actually going, what we are doing is madness.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, lots of people within the educational establishments are themselves saying, we just need to take our foot off the gas for a minute. It's a, in the grand scheme of things, it's a minute. And we are, and this is where I get really worried for humanity, in a sense, is that we are so slavishly attached to this idea that at 18 you do this, at 21, you have do to readjust. this. They
0: keep talking about you our new normal. The new normal is not going to Im- involve yeah. everyone going off back to school in September, studying for their GCSEs no. and A I really don't see because that Because what
1: happening. people aren't realizing is a return to school, even in the ways that they're talking about a return to school, is graduated. They're already Mm. talking about the fact that, say you're in a a school, you've got 10 years, only five of those years are going to be able to go back for two days a week Mm. because they have to maintain social distancing. You've then got to factor in something like, I think 30% of all parents are saying they won't send their kids back. It's not going to be a straightforward, open the doors and ring the bell in the playground.
0: Life is going to change beyond beyond anything we can imagine. The new normal is going to be massively different massively from the other. Different. I just want to read you this. Uh, a friend of mine who's a teacher sent me this. Dear parents, don't stress about schoolwork. In September, I will get your children back on track. I am a teacher and that's my superpower. What I can't fix is social, emotional trauma that prevents the brain from learning. So right now, I just need you to share your calm, share your strength and share your laughter with your children. No kids are ahead, no kids are behind, your children are exactly where they need to be, with love, all the teachers on planet earth.
1: That is just brilliant. That is just, just brilliant. Just brilliant. I think if everyone could live by that maxim or, or, or the essence yeah. within that, it's like, it, again, it reminds me of the serenity prayer. We, you know, grant me we we serenity trauma. to accept We're the things I cannot change, trauma. the courage to change the things I can yeah. and the wisdom to know the difference. We can't change this. We can't keep beating the drum of the old timetable yeah. when all co- when when the very piece of paper that the timetable's written on has just evaporated.
0: Exactly. I, I just think that analogy the of Titanic. Yours, the, the Titanic. It's the quartet
1: going down with the Titanic.
0: Absolutely sums it up for me. That's yeah. it. And it's because we're trying to hang on to mm. what we feel safe with. And that's, of course, that's that's absolutely understandable as well.
1: The
0: so old think, norms. Yeah, but yeah, it, yeah. I don't
1: think that's going to help us. But, but I tell you what it does do. It makes you realize how, ourselves included, how. Profoundly, systemically um, conditioned, we all are. Mm. This is like a societal cold turkey. Mm. This is like—I mean, we're certainly watching it around the education system. This is like watching an entire nation being forced not to drink or not mm. to be able to indulge in the thing they're very dependent on. And this is like dependency in the most extreme way. And yeah, no shit. I mean, we're all a bit scared. As soon as you put down the drink and you don't have any alcohol, and you can't take the edge off anything, then as soon as structure and order and the rules are all removed, it's like bloody scary. But it's also a moment where you're facing what it means to be a human. We are all cogs in a system, and at the moment, the system is paused. It will come back. I hope it comes back in a slightly more moderated and kinder version. But we're all suffering because we've we've essentially had to put down the dream.
0: Look at this. This is one of our messages. Why is my son always hungry and bored? Can't get him to be motivated to do anything. Oh God. I think you know. I talk to friends that feel like that. It's it's incredibly hard to get motivated. I suppose, I suppose the only way is with more kindness, isn't it? Is with more understanding. Is 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 naming it. What we do sometimes with our kids when we we've got that teenage face, tween face, going. No, I'm fine nothing wrong is we we text them Uh, because that's that's a medium that they can work with that they understand that they can have that distance from the um, embarrassment and discomfort um so i would really recommend that as a tool it is a tool that we have and just maybe um so say say maddie had had a really bored really unmotivated day i might send her a text saying oh you know Listen, first of all, abs- mandy, absolutely love you. I've really felt today that we've all been a bit edgy and icky with each other. You now, I'm feeling a bit stressed i 'm feeling a bit like i don't really want to do anything at all and I, i'm picking up that maybe you feel the same way mm. because then it's not like why are you unmotivated why are you being so lazy why are you bit they, they mm. don't have the answers for those questions mm. they don't have them because they're under enormous stress a different kind of stress to ours but they're under enormous stress and then and then I always put if you want to share with me how you're feeling and you don't want me to come back with something some idea of how I can fix it because they do say, sometimes I just want to say something without you saying, right what we need to do is, da which is just absolutely natural, anybody that cares about anybody wants to fix something when mm. somebody tells them about And mm. uh, you know, if you don't want us to say anything back to you, we won't, you can just share with us on text how you feel you'll be amazed what you can get back
1: I think it's, you might I think get paragraph
0: after paragraph of well, actually I mm. really am fed up, but I think it's enormous kindness, you know how sometimes just as adults, when somebody says are you okay i can see that yeah. you've been feeling and you're like oh don't be nice to me because and why people say don't be nice to me is because everything's gonna come mm. out but you actually want everything to come out. i think also sometimes children can pick up does my do my mom and dad really want to hear this because sometimes if i'm really honest sometimes i almost dread what i'm gonna hear because what if it's so bad and sometimes it has been So bad.
1: Well, I think you just said something (laughs) there which is really important. I think it's really key as parents that we don't always feel like we need to have an answer or a solution to everything that our children tell us because actually a major part of of them trusting us is also them not thinking that we can always give. I think sometimes as a parent it's always born of the right reasons and and care and concern, but we can fall foul of pretending there's an answer and a solution and and a way to resolve everything. Mm. And I think to sometimes embrace the unknowability of something or just let them speak, just let them speak and not give anything back sometimes is really important for them. But I just wanted to also make another point in relationship to that comment you just read, he won't come out, he won't eat and all that kind of stuff.
0: No, he's eating too much, he's hungry all the
1: time. But a 17, you know, I'm thinking particularly about 17-year-olds specifically it's a really curious age because you're just about to feel the freedom of adulthood. Ah, exactly. And those 17-year-olds that are 17 now, and we know some who've had their 18th birthday yeah. already in lockdown, um, for them, this is a particularly difficult moment because what's happened is this whole crisis has, in a sense, questioned everything mum and dad or dad and dad or mum and mum or just mum or just dad... Um, have said is the reason for doing everything. I'm talk- we're talking about kids who've done their A-levels. I keep hearing it all the time. Maddie says all the time. They don't understand why, but they've put all this effort. So many kids are suddenly finding, okay, and it might be only temporary, but are suddenly... Being asked to question the fundamental concepts of everything their parents so have been told banging them on for about for five years, but for so many bam, years, bam, yeah,
0: bum, bum, and You do th- GCSEs, this happens, yeah. then this will happen, and then your rewards will come, and then yeah. you'll have the summer of the best summer of your life. So, lots of my friends are saying, you know, for all the studying that their kids have been doing, this is your yeah. summer.
1: And these are it's a fatal, yeah. it's a fatal, these are fatal ingredients in many regards within a child who's seventeen. That mm-hmm. feels an adult. That's also all about at that age questioning the conventions
0: and pushing the boundaries. It's all about
1: pushing the boundaries. So if the boundaries have been pushed and they've fallen over, which they have, that's probably why we're seeing such a huge mental health crisis already in so many kids of that particular age, or certain kids just can't cope with it because it's like, well, if the system, what, it, what, what are the parameters of my life to be then? I can understand, you know, I'm trying to put myself in that 17-year-old head. I want to be free. I want to be this. I don't see the point of that. I don't see the point, of, you know, to parents. I don't see the point of that. I don't see the point of that. Parents are going, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. And sometimes just the that contrast and conflict is what sustains a relationship. And then yeah. suddenly it's removed. It's like, I, I was right, mum. Yeah.
0: Well, I've got um I, I I'm okay to say this person's name, la four, because we um we we see a lot from you on our social media and, and and thank you for commenting on this because I I want to read this one out, Mark, because it's just exactly what you were just saying. Oh, right. She worries most that they are missing out on an important life development. Mm. They were on the cusp of the best of times.
1: Mm. Mm.
0: That is it. Mm. Maddie was on the cusp. This was the summer yeah, of love, she had a boyfriend. This was the summer of holidays and festivals and the summer of just before you're 18 when you yeah, can it breaks just
1: break my heart for her, it breaks my heart for her because she's talking about relationships she knows amongst her friends are falling apart, are failing you know i spoke to izzy the other day she's struggling with her relationship from Is a distance marks. that's my oldest the girl eldest. and you know you know and they're in a good place her and her partner but it's putting inordinate pressure on those kids teenagers mm-hmm. youngsters who aren't living together and are, who are in relationships it's mm-hmm. you, and you're right and i think it's really important that it, uh, you know that I'm pleased that we've sort of honed in on the 17 year old yes. it can seem specific we often talk about teens generally but I think the 17-year-old has got a very fundamental... You know, at 18, you their have wings. that 70. They were rustling yeah. their wings.
0: They were, they were coming out. out. They were they coming out. They were getting out. them ready, mm. and off they were going to fly. Mm. Um, I've got one here from... I'll just read her first name. Uh, a teenager. I love you teens that listen to our podcast. We love it so, so much mm. that you listen, and you give us so much great feedback. Emily says, My mom is worried that when I go back to school, I won't be as motivated as I used to be. I feel really bad for Emily. I think that's a lot to be saying to a child. I do worry about that. What's a lot
1: to be saying to a child? She's the child, isn't she?
0: Yeah, so her mum's saying to her that she's worrying that she's not going to be as motivated as she was when she goes back to school. And I can absolutely sympathise 100% for the mum who is saying that. But I do also sympathise for the child because we are in the... We are in the midst of the initial trauma. As Angela Merkel said the other day, we're at the beginning of this pandemic. Yeah. We're at the beginning. Now, what we've got to remember is. As or as Churchill friend, said,
1: we're at the end of the beginning.
0: Yeah, as my friend Kay said the other day, she said, you know, but don't forget, usually the beginning of a pandemic is the worst moment. I thought, oh, God, that's a brilliant. <laughs> but we are at the beginning of a very, very long road. And so I can imagine Emily's mum's like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? She's not going to be as motivated. But then that transferred to the to the teenager and then going, oh, my God, what if I'm not well, motivated? Yeah, that's I, mean, I mean, that's just like, that's just such a...
1: It's difficult. Yeah,
0: it's well, really I, difficult I would go for back. both of them. I really
1: Really feel for both of them with that. Well, I do, I do. and But I would again stress to the, any parent feeling that they have that worry, I would probably advise not to say it to your kid. But I would also suggest that we are going through unprecedented times. And I think in that is a really important get out. If your child is unmotivated in a way that they weren't before when they go back to school, do you know what? Your child will have lived through the equivalent of a war. Mm. So cut them some slack. You know, yeah, we'll have to work with them to get them to a place. But maybe they don't need to be as motivated again in the way that we were all wrongly motivated in the first place. Maybe they will be motivated in a different way. There are different ways to live our lives.
0: You know, what we what doesn't kill us makes us stronger. God knows what strength we will see. I mean, so many people that contact us say that they're overwhelmed with admiration Mm. for their teens and Mm. and the way that they're showing themselves. Another one, just to finish off with a teen, another teen follower of ours, I'll just call her Kay. I'm a teen. I know that my mum is stressing over my schoolwork as my GC, is GCSEs are next year. And again, you know, poor kids because they're picking up on that stress that the parents are given. And, you know, sp- having spoken to friends of mine who are teachers and friends of mine who have got their kids in GCSE in A-level situation, there is an enormous amount of stress being put on teachers. They are... B- it's, a lot of them are suffering with mental, um, mental their mental health. Then that's being transferred all over the place and everyone's passing it back round to each other. I, I wish we could have just had this as a break till the can summer I, holiday, can, can I, till everyone found their feet.
1: Can I just say that this whole crisis is highlighting two macro-political things in this country. Uh, we have an NHS struggling and you could argue that's all about austerity yeah. and the lack of investment and support yeah. or respect that's been... been been evident uh within the tory government in recent years in terms of ed- the education system all of the testing and sats that so many educationalists all say are the wrong way around to judge yeah, things and do. assess things we also have an industry not an industry we also have a sector the teaching community in the t- teaching industry that's also becoming and being conditioned into believing this is the only way they can measure it. Not because they want to necessarily. The vast majority of teachers are anti the system, but they have to do it in order to make it work. But they are all trapped in a system that causes stress. Yeah. The system for the teachers the is stressful. is set
0: up for stress. Yeah, and because I'm, I'm so glad that we have friends that are teachers because yeah. to really, really hear what they go through. My God, I wouldn't be a teacher for anything. No, I wouldn't is be a teacher so for difficult. anything. It's so hard.
1: Oh, my God. (sighs) Right, let's go and tell the kids that lockdown is hell on. (laughs)
0: Let's not tell them anything. (laughs)
1: Let's not say anything.
0: Oh, thank you for being with us again, guys. And we're on YouTube, Nadia Sawala and Family, or the Sawala Adelie's On Global Player or wherever you get your podcasts. Ta da!